CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. What is going on, everybody? The interns are back for the final regular season game as Washington hosts the Apple Cup here in just a couple short days on Mont Lake as the number four now, officially number four, as we're recording here Tuesday night, not long after the College Football Committee just dropped the rankings against the Washington State Cougars. I guess, Luke, you know, would, would, any surprise to see the rankings? You know, Washington... I mean, obviously, it's suspected they'd be at a four, but do you think they're more deserving of a three spot or even a two, say? Well, I do think that three or two would be a good spot for Washington, to be honest. I do understand that there's an element of eye test, and Washington has played in a lot of very close games, but I think undeniably Washington has the best win in college football. They also have, is it now four ranked wins and then a win over USC on the road as well? So I think it's hard to really argue against Washington's resume I'd probably put them at two or three but to see them in the top four is great it's just a bummer it happened I know that this isn't why it happened but after the Jordan Travis injury at Florida State obviously that sucks a lot um I feel really bad for Jordan uh the the Knowles fan base and everything nevertheless I think regardless of how you cut it Washington is deserving of the spot they're in Jack would you agree what are your thoughts yeah I completely agree I think I think for you know, I'm really happy to see them back in the rank. First time in the top four since 2016, which of course they went on to play Alabama in the Peach Bowl. I think, I think, I think three is probably where I'd have them, just because I don't think if you know, I test is part of it. And Michigan, the last two weeks, sure they beat Penn State on the road by a few points, but they had a bad week against Maryland, and they haven't played anybody outside of Penn State. So I think the yep. resume at that point is that you know a little bit, yeah, weighs a little bit in my in my in my viewpoint. I think a resume. He's a lot, a little bit more than the eye test does. So I put him at three over Michigan, I think, but nonetheless, I think, you know, you know, I think it's extremely exciting to see them back in the top four. And like you said, best win of the college football season against Oregon, hoping to solidify an undefeated season this week against the Washington state Cougars. Obviously the uh, Apple cup was just renewed for another well, five, five seasons. Yeah. Five seasons with next year being at Lumen field then the home and home starting in Port- Pullman um, the following year. But Washington State marches into town, obviously with not they got bull rights to play for, but it's obviously a big game for them. You know, massive chip on their shoulder coming in this week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's a lot on both sides of the ball to play for. I think the Cougs taking care of business against Colorado and getting that fifth win adds extra motivation. I think motivation is going to be there regardless. I think that there is a longing maybe more from Cougar nation than the actual players on the sideline. But I think both regardless to send Washington to the big 10 with a sour taste in their mouth. Um, So yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting. I think, I don't know. There'll be a lot of emotion I think on Saturday. (laughs) Yeah. One way or the other, there's going to be a lot of emotion. Yeah. I guess we'll get down right to it. Now, Washington state enters 
enters this game, like we said, six and five fighting for bowl eligibility. And this is a team that started off extremely hot, you know, going four and oh with a massive win over Wisconsin. And then obviously a big win over Oregon State. Everything was looking right for the Cougs, but they managed to drop their next six straight games before getting back on the the winning side of things last week on a Friday night game blowout win against Colorado. But Luke, I guess, you know, starting with offense, this team was so hot at the beginning of the year. What, what do you think really went wrong for this Washington State team? Did other teams kind of catch up to them or do you think just things started to really fall apart? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Not a lot has changed about this offense per se. This is maybe an interesting take, but I think one thing that is really telling about the, how this WSU offense has changed last year, given on quite a few more carries, Nakia Watson had 770 rushing yards and nine touchdowns on the ground, averaging over five yards per carry. This year, he's averaging just 5.3 yards per pop, 257 yards. I think the Cougs really, I mean, th- they're going to throw the ball. That's their thing, right? And they'll throw it a lot more than they run it but they really have struggled to get really any consistency on the ground. I think it forces Cam Ward into a lot more difficult situations. And Cam Ward is honestly under pressure quite a bit as well. He's capable of making big plays, but I think the more that a quarterback is in third and eight plus and is getting pressured on almost 30% of his dropbacks, it just puts the Cougs in a really tough situation. So I think it starts up front in my opinion about what has kind of gone wrong with this Coug offense Jack, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think up front and, you know, specifically, that's kind of where the weaknesses, they've always been one of a small, you know, had one of the smaller lines, you know, historically, I guess the last, what, 10, 15 years or so in the Pac-12. I think that's kind of shown this year. Um, not not a ton of depth after, you know, they have had a couple of years of, you know, really upper class led teams on the line. Um, and like you said, Cam Ward has really felt the heat all year long. But I think running back depth specifically is is something that mm-hmm. has really been troubled for them. Uh, Nakia Watson, uh, obviously, he was the starting back coming into the year, but they had to they ended up booting Jalen Jenkins, uh, who was their second string running back, backup running back, if you will. Um, and then behind him was Juvenski Schlenbacher, kid from Squalicum High School up in Bellingham, Husky diehards. Probably know who he is. Is it was a Wazoo UW battle for him. Uh, ultimately went to Wazoo uh, as it, Washington didn't want him to play running back, but rather linebacker, and he wanted to play running back. Um, that was the deciding factor. And then Dylan Payne, uh, Tumwater High School walk on to Washington State. I believe he's earned a scholarship now. But those are the only three really backs that they've had this season, and just not a lot of depth with not a lot of talent outside of Watson. And so, yeah, I, I think that there. You know, you're forced to throw a lot of passes. And if you're able to get some pass rush, it's not going to be good. You know, it's, it wasn't pretty. Um, I think that's ultimately where they've 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 been able to, you know, their their cards are. I guess you would say there's a mirror. If you're playing poker. There's a mirror on t- on the chest of, of, the, of the, you know, of Washington State where opposing teams can really read what they have, read their hand extremely well. I do think to to go to a positive on WC's offense, I actually I, I like the receiving core for yes. WSU. Um, Josh Kelly has been fantastic. He's their deepest threat. Generally speaking, the Cougs are going to get the ball out quickly. I guess it's t- it's technically run and shoot, I believe, under Jake Dickert. It was obviously air raid under Mike Leach. But same sort of principles, lots of timing, spreading out defenses, all of those sorts of things. Josh Kelly has the biggest propensity to get deep. 
Um, I think that he is a really solid target. Uh, Lincoln Victor is their most heavily targeted receiver. He, he has 78 receptions on the season. And then Kyle Williams is another, I guess, solid option for them. Those three will most likely each have five-ish <laughs> receptions on Saturday. They'll be heavily featured for sure. Yeah, I, I I agree with you there, and that's what I want. That's a point that I wanted to get to. I think Washington State, uh, in all honesty, I think they have the most underrated wide receiver core in the entire Pac-12. I think mm-hmm. you know the home run hitting ability of Josh Kelly is utterly outstanding, and then you have Lincoln Victor, who's just a he's just the ball. He's a magnet to the football. Always just finds a way to get open, and he's and he's dealt with some injuries this year too, but has powered through them and has been such a force for this for this Washington State offense. Jabbar Muhammad. Um, I you would imagine Lincoln Victor too lines up all over the crew. You can all over the field. Could put him in the slot. Could put him outside. Mm-hmm. He's everywhere. And then Josh Kelly, kind of like we mentioned, home run hitter. Elijah Jackson and, and Jabbar Muhammad will for sure have their hands full. Yeah. And what I think what we're going to expect this year, week a lot, especially with the pass rushing ability of Zion Tupelofatui and Braylon Trice, is a lot of these quick, a lot of these quick, uh, these quick passes. Uh, whether it's over it's quick over the middle of the Lincoln Victor, I also think they try to get Josh Kelly in space with some wide receiver screens. Lincoln mm-hmm. Victor as well, but I think that's what we're going to see a lot of this week. I would be curious to see. I mean, they don't do it. it Nik- Nikia Watson is very involved in the screen game as well. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of Washington Husky fans would agree that it feels like the Huskies get gashed by at least one screen. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see Nikia Watson not only catch a few passes behind the line of scrimmage, but have a few like slip screen opportunities that Washington should be ready for. Certainly. And, but, and uh, you know, I, I agree with that too. They've only, they've only uh, Watson's only had 20 balls caught his way, but I think with the type of game plan that they're going to try to do with, you know, you're there expect a big pass rush. They're going to expect the ball to be out quick. I think they're going to be mixing that in quite a bit. I also think they'll try and throw in a, trick player too they're going to unload the inventory on the huskies this week um for sure unquestionably i also think too i think tight ends are something you know that washington state hasn't utilized in the past i don't think they look to them too often i could see them going to one of them in a weird play but you know cooper mathers has kind of been the tight end who's had the most receptions andre dollar was a big time recruit that came out of oklahoma i believe four-star kid he's one of their best recruits of late hasn't seen as much time I think it might have been to injure. I'm not sure. But uh, anyways, I don't think they use their tight ends, but I could see them going to a tight end because of that. And, you know, a weird play tight end screen kind of thing or 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 whatnot. So, Jack, I guess to wrap it up in one or two sentences, what do you expect from the Cougar offense on Saturday? Yeah, I, I think wise, I just, yeah. Yeah, I, I like them to play quick. They're going to try. I think they should like to. I think they're going to try and play up tempo um, as much as they can. I also think. They try to do a lot of these, uh, you know, maybe a draw play to Watson's. Mm-hmm. I think they really try to um, keep the Huskies on their toes. I think they'll take their shots when they have to, but I don't think they're going to try to beat the Huskies that way. I think they're just going to try to – they're going to try and inch the ball up the field rather than try and hit home runs. And then I think just in general, the Cougs had kind of a dry spell. They didn't score 30 points in all of October. Um, in a game, they scored more than 30 total points, but you know what I mean? They didn't score 30 in a game for that entire month. They scored 39 against Cal. Obviously they scored 56 against Colorado. That does include two defensive touchdowns and a special teams touchdown, but they have found a bit of a groove on offense. Um, And I think that they will 
I expect yards and points from the Cougs. I don't know that that's not necessarily to say they'll keep up with Washington. That said, I wouldn't be surprised if they're able to, you know, be in the mid high twenties. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that's a fair, I think they'll be right around that 27, 33, 34 mark, depending on kind of how the game goes too. defensively though. I think this is where things have gotten really hairy for Washington States over the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I guess not necessarily Colorado, but uh, just in general, you know, they had obviously gave up a ton to Arizona, gave up a ton to Oregon, you know, other schools to Cal even. Um, Washington State's defensive front, terrific edge rushers and Brennan yes. Jackson. Armstone. They are very terrific and kind of like yes. they're the strength of that defense. It's kind of like on offense, probably the most underrated edge unit in the Pac-12 too, you'd think. They have mm-hmm. two very middle edge rushers. In the middle, though, in between the tackles is where things have gotten rough in those linebackers. What did you say, Luke? Certainly. Yeah, like you said. I mean, Ron Stone and Brennan Jackson are fantastic. And I think the defensive interior in general, so not, not just linebacking core, but I think uh, inside, or I guess like interior defensive line, I think the Cougs maybe aren't getting the protection that they need to kind of consistently enforce their will on defense. Um, yeah, I mean – Going just by PFF numbers, they are about four deep on the interior. Only one of them, David Gustet, has an overall defensive grade above 60. And they've really struggled to stop teams from running the ball against them. I have it written down somewhere, if you don't mind me trying to find it. But if you take out the Colorado game where they sacked Shooter Sanders, it feels like 100,000 times. They've been giving up like 5.15-ish yards per carry on the season. They're giving up over 150 rushing yards per game. That does include what just happened in the Colorado game, and they're giving up over two rushing touchdowns a game as well. So even though I think Ron Stone and Brennan Jackson are fantastic edge players, the Cougs have maybe lacked some physicality or presence in the middle to stop opposing teams from being able to kind of run it all over them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, I think that's a great point too. I think Washington's going to try to do a lot of that. They're really going to just try and control sure. the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I've got a question for you too. Just going yeah. to the edges here. Washington has had two weeks in a row where they've had one big edge to really account for. Andrew Chatfield came in with nearly 10 sacks. David Ellis for Utah the week before had, I think 12 and a half, maybe 13 sacks already on the season. And Washington did a great job of neutralizing those people they will have to neutralize two really good pass rushers this weekend do you think that'll be a challenge for washington and how will they maybe counteract i mean you can't double team and chip everybody right so yeah yeah i think certainly every week is a challenge you know when you face a team like washington state with good edge rushers i think you know you know whether it's oregon utah oregon state but i think washington is prepared for this kind of prepared for these kind of edge rushers. You know, they've had, they've been battle tested with them as Jake Dickert was very quick to point out Washington's offensive line, even even went as far on to say that Troy Fautanu, bar none, the best offensive lineman he's ever seen on tape. So I think, I and I think, you know, Troy and Roger are, I think they're going to have a, I, I would say a good night, you know, I think it's, you know, could be potentially each of their final home games at Husky Stadium, a lot on the line. They've been tested especially last week where, you know, you know you're going to get everything that Oregon State has in the clip with two good edge rushers. I think they're ready. I, I think it's going to be, you know, obviously Brennan Jackson and Ron Stone, I'm sure, will have their moments where they'll have flashes. But I think for the most part, they're going to be contained. 
And this is two, and this is also a team that's allowed seven sacks on the entire season in like 244 yeah. dropbacks. Yes. Yeah. Another thing, this surprised me, not Washington State related, but I was looking at a, so PFF has like a pressure to sack ratio, right? So basically how many times, like what percentage of pressures turn into sacks, right? Michael Penix is only sacked on 8% of his pressures. So we talk about all these great scramblers in the Pac-12, Michael Penix, sneaky among the best. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think so too, because it's not like he's running for yards too often. No. But he's escaping to make plays with his legs so he could use his arm. Yeah, for sure. And I think with that, you know, Luke, I guess kind of keys to the game, you know, I guess. Oh, real quick. I will say one thing to point out in the secondary uh, for WSU, great line or great safeties, uh, Jaden Hicks and Sam Lockett. Uh, They're both. Yeah, they're both fantastic. Excellent. Yes, they're both physical. They're also good in coverage. One thing that'll be big, Chow Smith-Wade hasn't played in a few weeks. He's questionable. He's probably their best corner. Uh, not probably. He is their best corner. Um, Undoubtedly. He's a top yes. He's a top four corner in the Pac-12. For sure. So that will be a big one to monitor. Um, if Chow Smith-Wade isn't available, I think Washington has a big advantage on the edge. I mean, like around the perimeter, Washington tends to have a big advantage out wide, <laughs> like just by <laughs> virtue of who they are. Right? <laughs> but not having Chow Smith-Wade would be, make a very, very big difference for the Cougs, I would think in Washington's ability to like get vertical. So one thing to keep in mind. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's for sure. Good um, to point out as well. It's going to be a big advantage for them. Um, Kind of moving forward now, overall overarching keys to the game for Washington, you know, 13, and know, is it obviously the number that they're looking ahead for, but how did they not drive by the Cougs without an accident? Yeah. I mean, we already talked about it, but I think Washington's offensive line against the edges for the Cougs will be big. That's probably my biggest matchup. Jack is the one that stands out most to you. I think it's uh, a lot of the offensive line, but I'm going to say the running back game, the running game for Washington, not necessarily mm-hmm. just protecting the passer, but I think the running back game specifically with not knowing Dylan Johnson's mm-hmm. status for the weekend, that means you're going to have to see a lot of Tybo Rogers. Yeah, you probably Tybo Rogers more than anybody because Will mm-hmm. Nixon's He's a great change of pace guy, but you're not going to probably use him in that lead go-to role. You did against Boise State. But I think you see Tybo, he's kind of taken over that second spot in terms of, you know, really trying to get carries and be that be that guy. But, uh, you know, if Dylan Johnson's not able to go, I think the running backs are going to have to have a big night. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Can I start bet to bark? Go for it. We've already kind of talked about him. I've been known to pick him to bet to bark. And I think that he will be featured on Saturday. Ryan Grubb has been hyping him up. I'm excited to see a big game. I, I think Tybal Rogers busts one very explosive run. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
I, I, I didn't know what you were. I, I thought you were gonna go back to the well of Jeremy Bernard. Um, that is a really good choice, though. I would say I wouldn't fault anybody for picking that. He probably wouldn't fault anybody for any picking any Husky offensive player. <laughs> <laughs> I think though, gosh, I think after a bad week last week, I've I've gone to this guy. I think I've I've gone to this guy at least four times this year too. I'm gonna go with Jalen Polk after mm-hmm. probably having his worst game as, as a Husky I can think of. You know, in terms of when he's been playing, I think he has a bounce back week. Big play JP, as Tony Castricone likes to call mm-hmm. him. I think he makes a big, I think he got, he's got a big catch in his bag or two that really set the tone. It could be, I think it's going to be early on too. I think he has one big catch early on that really sets the tone for the day. For sure. On defense, I'm going to go Mish Powell. I think that there'll be enough near and behind the line of scrimmage and across the middle that not only opportunities for Mish to make tackles, but potentially get his hands on some footballs. Would love to see that. I think I'm going to go defensively Zion Tupul Fatui. I think that this is a guy who plays very well when his emotions are high and he's got a mm-hmm. lot on the line. Um, mm-hmm. We've seen it most times, Michigan State, USC this year, Oregon. Um, he's made big, big plays. And I think this is one of those games, his last game in Husky Stadium. I think he's going to be one of those guys who tries to leave it all on the field. And against a Washington State offensive line that struggled, I think he makes his presence felt, whether it's a sack or just, you know, forcing the pressures. We will go to picking the pack very quickly. I'm going to save the best for last. It's a Friday night game. I'm sure I'm blowing the surprise there. But we'll start with uh, Stanford. We'll start with Stanford hosting Notre Dame. <laughs> That's a 26 point spread, Jack. Do you have a pick on that? I'm going to go Stanford. No, um, and yeah, I think Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame. Uh, 26 point spread is all I need to say on that one. Yeah, I have nothing to add to that. Um, then we will go to the Buffs coming off of a 40 point loss to the Cougs. They're going to go to Salt Lake City. We didn't lose by their, Utah. They're going to go to Salt 40. Lake City. They're going to go to Salt Lake City and get their bell rung. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Utah's. I I have a feeling that this Utah team, obviously, like they don't have a lot at stake this year. They're probably just looking to go to next season. But it's just one of those games where you know you've you've lost back to back to back weeks, and you're probably just mad at this point. You know, you're just disappointed. And so I think it's one of those games that, and again. <laughs> not even the emotional side of it. I mean, we saw what happened on Colorado's offensive line last week in a physical Utah team. Yeah, I think Utah's going to win. Got it. Great. I agree with you 100%. Um, we will then progress down to Tempe, Arizona. Another really kind of lopsided game in terms of records. We have ASU hosting Arizona, who has packed all title hopes. Jack, who'd gotten that one? Yeah, I think Arizona does something similar um, to what these other two matchups are looking like. Um, obviously, there's so much on the line for this Wildcats team, and they're not going to uh, – I don't think they, they lose their season to Arizona State. Excellent. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, we will then go to Cal UCLA. Interesting. UCLA, Chip Kelly rumors, they just go and beat the brakes off of USC. Cal is one game away from bowl eligibility. They are nine-point dogs in the Rose Bowl. Jack, what's yeah, your pick here? I think this is one of the more interesting games. I really do. Um, 
with that said, though, I think UCLA wins. I just think their defense is going to force a couple turnovers for whoever's playing on that, whoever's starting for Cal these days. I don't really know. But I think UCLA wins. I think their defense is too good for this Cal team. Gosh, you know, that's probably the sensible pick just to get some variety. I'm going to pick Cal in this one. Um, you know, this this is this is for the this is for because you got me last week, didn't you? You you had a who did you oh have? Gosh, who did I have last week? You had Wazoo, I think, beating. Oh, Colorado. that's right. Yeah, I was right I about Colorado. that. One. <laughs> so yeah, we I think we're even here. Yeah, and UCLA has already had a clunker loss to Arizona State. I wouldn't put it past him to drop this one, especially coming off of the emotional high of beating USC. Now we're going to end Friday night. In Eugene, Oregon, we've got the Oregon Ducks as a near two-touchdown favorite over Oregon State. Jack, what's your call here? Oh, my gosh. My heart wants me to pick Oregon State so badly. But <laughs> actually, I'll just go with Oregon. I just – not like I don't see Oregon State winning, but I just – I don't I don't think they – I just don't feel it, man. I don't. Yeah, I do like I, I do like the coo- or I do like the coos, the beeves plus 13 and a half. But yes, I like that, too. But I think yes. it's more of like a touchdown. I think it's like a touchdown. Yes, for- but I, I think the Oregon wins and is like leading most of the way. So I also I don't know. I mean, Washington, I think it's there are reasons that like Oregon is a great team. I, I think it would be exciting to see Oregon in the conference championship. It would it would be that would be one for the stress levels for sure. For sure. Um, Confidence interval, though, Luke, where are you standing at for this week? At this week's Apple Cup final rendition of the game uh, in the Pac-12. Dude, I, I spent this podcast. I feel like kind of hyping up the Cougs. I'm going to go seven point five for the Huskies. I just think that they're a more talented team. I think that. I think there'll be points. I think the Huskies will score a lot if Chow Smith Wade isn't playing and Washington is able to keep Michael Penix upright and kind of keep Ron Stone, Brennan Jackson at bay. I think we could be, I think the air show might commence on Saturday. Jack, what's your yeah. call? Um, I'm going to say, gosh, I was thinking eight, but I don't, I think seven, I'm going to say seven. I'm, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'll say 7.5 as well. Not to piggyback off of you or anything, but I just thought of all these bad scenarios in my head. It might just be like in the moment too low, but I'm saying 7.5 as well. I just think it's an emotional game. You know, you can never rule out a rivalry win from your conference foe. Man, lots to play for on Saturday. Um, Jack Rack is up here. Yeah, um, obviously lots to play for on Saturday heading into um, – it's a big weekend here. It's a big weekend here um, in Seattle. You know, a lot to be thankful for is, I guess, Thanksgiving as well. Washington 12-0 heading in to the Apple Cup, looking to go 13-0 undefeated against the Washington State Cougars. I guess all that post-game, pre-game coverage, whatever you need, game day coverage will be on dogman.com. We got you covered. Um, special going on right now, 75% off, so don't be afraid to tap into that. Um, that is definitely worth your while, especially why not this season? You're you're undefeated. This is the year, man. This is the year. Um, but with that being said, Jack McCauley alongside Luke Munger, go dogs. On 
May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus.